truth. It's not a four letter word, y'all. We all know the scripture in John 8, 31. Even if you didn't know it was John 8, 31, you know the scripture. You know the scripture because it says the truth will set you free. And even if you didn't know that it was John 8, 31, uh, most of us have used that uh, scripture at some point. And your response may be, then why don't more people choose truth? The reason being is because truth is not always the easiest thing to embrace. Truth about self requires some accountability. Truth about our relationship with others requires self-evaluation, which brings us back to accountability. Or truth will sometimes uncover what's not always the prettiest picture. And truth about the reality of life and the world in which we live is avoided because of various levels of fear. Fear of change, fear of loss, fear of failure, fear of condemnation, and the list goes on and on and on. In many ways, we have come to look at truth as bad, as uncomfortable. As soon as somebody says, well, I need to tell you the truth about something, we brace ourselves for the worst, for something uncomfortable. Truth has become like a four-letter word that brings doom and gloom. And this is all a deception promoted by Satan himself because he knows that the word of God tells us in John 17, 17 that we should be saturated in truth, meaning we should welcome it. Not only welcome it, we should be sanctified in it, saturated in it, marinated in it. But what the devil knows is when we debunk truth, it keeps us in a dark place. It keeps us out of the will of God, which makes us more accessible to be used by him and for him. I was thinking when I was putting this sermon together, and I was thinking about the truth that a lot of people tend to want to block, and we see a lot of it today, where people don't want to accept the truth of what's going on in our world today. They just do not want to embrace it. They don't want to believe that prejudices is is this bad. They don't want to believe the plight of black people. They don't want to believe that their candidate did not win. They don't want to believe that the one that is in office won. They don't want to believe and embrace truth. And I began to think about when I was a kid, my cousin Brian, let me tell you something. He was the baddest thing by day, okay? Would fight anything moving by day, as long as the sun was up and he could see. It was at night when he got scared. But he was one that did not like the news, couldn't stand the news, because the news to him was like a horror show. It brought too much truth. And see, what happens is we don't want to embrace truth because when the night comes and we're by ourselves, that's when truth speaks the loudest and exalts a whole lot of fears in us. So we choose not to even want to hear the truth, not to want to embrace the truth, not to even want the option of truth being presented to us as if we can ignore truth and it will go away. 
newsflash here. Truth is not going anywhere. In the Bible, the book of John speaks a lot about truth. And in John 8, right around verse 23, Jesus has just finished his sermon at the temple where he pointed out the differences between himself and his listeners. And these are the words that he spoke. He said, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am. You will indeed die in your sins. Jesus' message was so powerful. In verse 30, it confirms just how powerful it was as it reads, even as he spoke, many believed him. But then in verse 31, Jesus begins to speak just to those who he knew believed him. Which as I was reading the scripture, it spoke volumes to me as I began to come to the conclusion that some conversations we can't have with certain people. And in all honesty, there's some conversations people can't have with us until we're ready to embrace truth. Jesus continues in verse 31 saying, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Meaning as disciples, they will not only accept his teachings as truth, but they will obey his teachings because action is proof of the acceptance of truth. There are some things God can't release to us. Some places God can't let us go. Some conversations and circles we will not be privy to until we can embrace truth. And if we refer, refer back to our opening scripture that Michelle read to us this morning in John 16, Jesus is talking to them about him going away as he's approaching his, the crucifixion. And he's telling them that I'm going to send, I'm not going to be here with you, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And we know the Holy Spirit comes and he is our comforter. And he says to them, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I can't release it all to you because you cannot handle this weight of truth. But he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all the truth. In other words, Jesus was telling them, you're not ready, but the Holy Spirit is going to come. And he's going to take a little bit more time with you. He's going to correct you. He's going to comfort you. And he's going to bring truth to you in a more palatable way. But until that time, just know that when the truth comes, if you're not willing to accept it, the things that God can read, he's going to wait on you. 
So a lot of things that we're waiting for God to release, a lot of places that we're waiting for God to take us, a lot of circles that we want God to put us in, are you ready? Can you handle the truth? Because with everything comes a point of truth. We have have to not just be able to hear the truth, but able to act and react to it in a godly demeanor. See, because you ever see somebody, you know, the truth comes to them and it can come to them with flowers and icing and, and all kinds of pretty stuff in the most prettiest way. But because they're not ready to handle it, they respond in an ungodly way. You know, our distaste for truth, it, it shies us from the Bible. A lot of people don't read the Bible because the Bible is too full of truth. See, reading the Word of God has a way of pushing us to accept some truths about ourselves. Reading the Bible makes us accept some truths about some of the relationships that we are in. Truths about our parenting, truth about the realities of this world, truth about the will and the ways of God. So what do we do? We shy away from reading the Bible. I get a little peace on Sunday, but I'm not reading it through the week. That's just too much. That's just too much. The truth is we want God to submit to our truths, which are so often in our direct conflict to his truth. See, because our so-called truths, you know, we all speak our truths, that's the thing, everybody speaking their truths. See, but our truths are built on a foundation of comfortable, egotistical, self-centered, flesh-stroking lives. The truth which Jesus' disciples received comes with freedom. And in verse 32, Jesus speaks the ever-popular words, and the truth will set you free. Jesus' words following this declaration addresses the reality of humanism as he goes on to explain. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. One who is a slave to sin is not free, not walking in truth. They are captives, held and bound by Satan, who is the author of lies. The one who debunks truth. The freedom Jesus offers is a release from the lifestyle of habitual sin. Pastor, what are you talking about habitual sin? Habitual sin is when you have accepted actions and mindsets and things which go against the principles of God as your norm. We're not talking about an expectation of perfection. We will never achieve perfection. And God knows that. That's why we need his mercy. That's why we need his grace which is why we must embrace Jesus as the Messiah and a belief in that his sacrifice is our key to salvation, which is why we need to welcome the Holy Spirit in our hearts so they can guide and order our steps. But when we become comfortable with lying, 
comfortable with a lifestyle that embraces sexual sin, comfortable with deceitfulness, comfortable with the spirit of unforgiveness and materialism. We have made sin our habit. Sin has then become our norm. Sin is ruling our lives. Jesus provides this analogy in verse 35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family of God, but a son belongs to it forever. Meaning you cannot be a member of God's family and be a slave to sin. It's either one or the other. True disciples of Jesus embrace truth about themselves. They embrace truth about life. They embrace truth about Christ based on the word of God. Believers, disciples are free from the bondage of sin and are welcomed into the family of God. 1 Peter 2.16 offers us some definitive advice as it reads, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. What Peter is talking about is when he says, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. Okay, y'all ready for some real talk? There are people who are professing to do things for good, to do things for charity, to do things in the name of God, who have taken truth and tainted it with their truth. These are people who believe in the Burger King philosophy of kingdom and not the truth of kingdom. See, in the Burger King philosophy of kingdom, it says that you can have it your way. But in the kingdom of God, because he is love, we must first and foremost be committed to exalting him in our lives with our love of him. And the word of God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So in the kingdom of God, we don't get to have it our way. In the kingdom of God, we have to submit to his will and his way only. So we don't get to do things which appear good or appear godly or appear to be for the kingdom while violating his way. We tend to want to do things the way it seems a little easier, a little more profitable, more popular. And the hard, cold truth is these things all support a lack of faith and that is the one thing that displeases him the most when we walk with a lack of faith in who he is. So when God says that his house is to be sustained through tithes and offerings, then we don't make it a marketplace selling items and tickets to sustain what he has claimed as his. When God says that the poor shall be with us always, and then tells us to give to the poor, believers don't have to wait for a grant finance to be fed to them by the government to give to the poor. Believers will give from what they have, knowing that this is God's way 
So God will replenish. Truth manifests freedom. Truth is the key which unlocks the prison of sin, insecurities, self-doubt, depression, failure, poverty, failed relationships, and every other debilitating dysfunction in our lives. I urge you, be truthful with yourself about your faults, about your fears, about your inabilities, about your attitude, about your past, about your present, about your future. Be truthful with yourself about your relationships with your spouse, your relationships with your lover, your relationship with your children, your parents, your family, your colleagues, yes, and even your enemies. Be truthful about the lies that you have been embracing, about the lies that you have been telling yourself and others, and even truth about the crutches that you have been using. And finally, it's time you be truthful about you and God. The most important relationship in your life. Be truthful about your prayer life. Be truthful about your time spent in the Word of God. Be truthful about your obedience to the Word of God. Truth is the key, but it won't turn itself in the lock. We have to be willing to pick up the key of truth and put it in the lock and turn it as we come to face and deal with absolute truth. Then and only then will the doors of freedom be accessible to us the way God has desired for us to have. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we come before your throne, asking you to forgive us for shunning truth, to forgive us for creating our own truth, which conflict with the absolute truth, which is rooted in your will, in your ways, and in your word. Lord, give us strength in the name of Jesus. Give us strength, O oh God, and discernment to deal with and embrace truth. Lord, shield and protect us from the lies and the deception of Satan, whose desire is to mislead and destroy us and to come against your kingdom. Today, O oh Lord, we profess that we are part of your family. We profess that our hearts and our minds are submitted to your word, O oh God. Today, O oh Lord, we proclaim freedom as our choice. We proclaim truth as the way. We proclaim truth as the only way. We give you honor, O oh God. We give you praise. And we say amen, amen, and amen. Remember, when you start your day with truth, Blessings throughout the remainder of the day is in.